Oral questions by members? Leader of the official opposition. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Well, the Premier's been hiding. He has refused answers for the hundreds of families who lost loved ones during the heat wave. Documents obtained under FOI show that Ecom 911 was desperately trying to warn the Premier and his government that public safety was at risk. For a year, call volumes and delays were increasing at an alarming rate. And by early June, well before the heat wave, the delays were overwhelming and the system compromised public safety. When the heat wave hit, hundreds of British Columbians died, many of them waiting on hold for help that never arrived. The Premier not only failed to act on the warnings, but callously said, and I quote, fatalities are a part of life, and there is a level of personal responsibility. Why did the Premier ignore the warnings of 911 dispatch, and will he today commit to an independent review that includes his office and the lack of action by this government? Minister of Health. Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker. Thanks to the member for her question. Uh, the member will know uh, that since uh, I became Minister of Health, we've added uh, every year substantially investment in the ambulance service. This means more paramedics. This means more full-time paramedics. This means better coverage in rural and remote communities. This means more dispatchers. What we have seen, especially since uh, the last part of, uh, of the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic, is a dramatic increase in ambulance dispatches. We've seen that. I reported on that regularly in our regular health briefings to British Columbians. That's why on July 2nd, for example, we uh, added hundreds, hundreds of uh, new, uh, new positions, effectively. We put out and uh, posted hundreds of new positions. So we have been uh, responding consistently, doubling the increases that the ambulance service received, adding paramedics, dispatchers, and others to support the system, and we'll continue to do so. Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental. Well, with all due respect to the Minister, it's time the Premier showed some accountability. And those words mean very little to the families of 569 British Columbians that died. And the warning signs were there. It was too little, too late, and the, and the Minister and the Premier know it. British Columbians deserve accountability from their Premier. We all understand the important role of the coroner. She will review the medical history of each and every circumstance, and we are grateful for that. But the coroner won't review the details that were revealed through a Freedom of Information request this week, and who knows what else we don't know. But here's what the Premier ignored. He ignored warnings from his own 2019 climate risk assessment, which said this would happen. He ignored ambulance call delays that increased for a year before the heat wave. And he ignored the conclusion of 911 dispatch, desperate to get this government's attention, even calling the government out knowing that public safety was being compromised. Those are the words of dispatch, not our words.
the words of people involved in the system who were frantically trying to get this government's attention. We don't know what else the Premier ignored because there is a refusal to be transparent. British Columbians deserve better. So will the Premier stand up and acknowledge the lack of action by his government and commit to a full public independent review? That's what families, that's what people who lost loved ones in this province deserve. Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, that is precisely what the Independent Office of the Coroner does. And they review every single case, because every single case matters. The member talked about people who passed away. I know some of those people, so I'm aware of that. You bet I'm aware of that. The member will know how important ambulance service is in every part of the province. It's why and this is largely because uh, opposition members represent large parts of the interior. We've increased ambulance services in community after community, not just since the summer, but since 2017, while we're adding and reforming the ambulance service to improve services across British Columbia. The coroner is conducting a comprehensive review that treats not just all of the cases together, but every single case is important. And we will, of course, be following closely that review and taking action in the meantime, as we have, to make British Columbia more resilient as we deal with the challenges of climate change and deal with the fundamental questions of climate change in our province, as the Minister of the Environment, the Government, and all the people of BC are doing. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, the Premier made up his mind uh, long ago about a detailed independent review. He said, and I quote, it's not a failure of the government. There's no fault to be apportioned, end quote. Almost 600 vulnerable people died, Mr. Speaker, and his response was, uh, nothing to see here. Uh, it's just a fact of life. The revelations under FOI this week show the Premier was wrong, and his government did fail our vulnerable seniors. So as the Minister knows, this is not simply a coroner's review. Will the Premier stop hiding and call a full and independent review to show how government reacted to this? Minister of Health. Honourable Speaker, uh, the ambulance service, because that's at the core of the questions, BC Emergency Health Services has been responding uh, to the circumstances across BC uh, over the last number of years, Honourable Speaker, by adding resources, by substantially increasing, in fact, other than mental health and addictions, the largest increase of any part of the healthcare system has gone to ambulance paramedics because of two reasons. One, what we are seeing is increase in demand, and more important than that, an increase in purple and red calls, which are the most serious calls, that our healthcare system received, on the one hand, and on the other hand, a system that historically, and this goes back decades, it does not meet the challenges of 2021, particularly in rural and remote parts of BC. That's why from day one, we've been adding ambulance paramedics and dispatchers and ambulance and air ambulance capacity. Why in the, at the beginning of the pandemic in rural and remote areas of BC, we added even more capacity to that system. And why, Honourable Speaker, we're going to continue to do that. 
It's to respond in substance to the challenges that the ambulance service faces across BC. There is a comprehensive review going on right now by the coroner, who is highly respected, has the powers to conduct the review, and is treating every single case as important. That's what I believe needs to be done. But what I also needs to be, need, believe needs to be done is this event that was defined by Dr. Sarah Henderson as a one in thousand year event that has now happened. We need to respond collectively, not just in the healthcare system, but collectively, to become more resilient to the challenges of climate Thank change. Member for West Vancouver, supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, we know that this one-time-in-a-thousand-year event was anticipated. This was not a surprise. Government had been warned about this for a year prior to that. Um, 569 people died, and we need a full and independent review of the Premier's failure to act. This minister says there's more and more resources being deployed. We need more resources. That's wonderful, but are these the right resources? Because they don't have the right outcome. As Human Rights Watch has said, he failed to act. The Premier has failed to act on his own 2019 climate risk assessment. He failed to do anything about call wait times, and steadily which were steadily increasing for the 12 months prior to this heat wave. And he failed to listen to 911 dispatch that had concluded a month before this heat wave that the delays compromised public safety. The Premier callously told grieving families that they had a level of personal responsibility. Will he accept his responsibility today and a full and independent and order a full and independent review? Minister of Health. Honourable Speaker, uh, the full and uh, independent review that's taking place, and everyone acknowledges it's comprehensive. Every case, no, every case, every case, and the circumstances of those cases will be reviewed. Every case. And that's a full review. And the coroner is, of course, independent. And one of the most important independent reviews that we can take place, that can take place. But in addition, it seems to me that uh, in this time of climate change, it calls on us to take the action that we're taking in this government and, uh, and I hope around this world to address the issues of climate change. This event was unlike any event we had ever seen in the history of British Columbia. There was a pre predecessor event. Well, Honourable Speaker, uh, the opposition can heckle all they want. They can heckle all they want. Members, let's listen to that. Answer, please. Well, Honourable Speaker, uh, uh, 140 deaths is important, and more than 500 deaths is important as well. Every one of them are. And so what we are doing, I think, Honourable Speaker, is doing what needs to be done, taking every case as important, every person who passed away is important, having that review taking place, while taking important actions to ensure that we're more resilient in the future. To, to what we're going to deal with in the days, in the weeks, in the months, in the years, in the decades ahead, the need as a society to become more resilient to the, Thank you, to the fact of climate change. Senator North End Islands. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, one of the uh, BCNDP platform planks from the election from last year was making uh, contraception free. 
In their platform, the BC NDP stated, quote, cost should not prevent individuals, particularly young people, from their right to make choices about their reproductive health. While condoms can be easily found uh, for little or no cost and vasectomies are covered by MSP, prescription contraception is not covered. It's time to make contraception free for all, end quote. My question, honourable speaker, is to the Premier. It's been one, weir one year and still no free contraception has been provided to British Columbians. When will this government fulfil its election promise? Minister of Health. Thank you very much, uh, honourable speaker. Uh, the commitment of the Premier was, um, was personal. It was also uh, in our election platform. It's under, of course, review in terms of implementation, uh, but it's something that, of course, we support and intend to implement uh, during this government. Senator Northern Ireland, supplemental. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And during this government, I'm assuming that uh, the, the government's giving itself a three-year uh, longer runway to, to review this. Uh, certainly, uh, this has been an issue that Access BC has uh, been advocating with me as an MLA for the last three or four years. It's an issue that uh, Access BC has been advocating for this government for three or four years. It was far more than just a personal promise uh, made by the Premier. It was, uh, as, the, as the Minister of Health uh, noted, uh, a commitment in their election platform. My question, uh, again, is to the Premier. When uh, is his government going uh, to do, as Access BC put it, uh, people in BC have been looking, waiting for this uh, for too long. When will British Columbians have free contraception? Will it be by 2022? Mr. Feld. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Speaker. And uh, we are continuing to work, and it's our absolute intention to implement uh, the commitments made by the Premier, the Government, and the New Democratic Party in this respect. As we have said, uh, and as we've shown, as we've shown since the beginning of our mandate, we have taken, I think, extraordinary efforts to make um, all prescription drugs available, especially to those who are the most vulnerable in our society. 105,000 British Columbians benefited from our changes to Pharmacare deductible. We continue to take steps to um, both save money in Pharmacare and then apply that money to support people and give them more access to the prescription drugs they need. And we'll continue to do so. And as, as, as noted to the honourable member, we fully intend to follow through on that commitment. Member for Peace River North. Uh, thanks, honourable speaker. Businesses across the north have been brought to their knees recently again. A week ago, the premier said businesses in Northern Health impacted by the new circuit breaker could, and I quote, still have opportunities to access programs that have been put in place by the provincial government. End quote. Can the Premier tell us exactly what provincial programs are open and available today to desperate northern businesses? Minister of Jobs and Economic Recovery. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, and, uh, and I appreciate the question from the member. Uh, certainly, it's a hard time for many businesses across British Columbia. The pandemic is not over. Uh, we are seeing uh, strong job recovery rates, but we know there's still pressures being faced. I've had a chance to talk to many of the chambers that represent uh, businesses in the north. Uh, we've discussed uh, what uh, the uh, pandemic and the impact it's having now is meant to their businesses. Uh, all are grateful for the vaccine card because we know the vaccine card allows businesses to be able to continue to operate in a safe way to ensure that when the patrons come into their business. 
Take it easy. Minister will continue. Members, you asked a question, Minister will answer. Minister will continue. Minister has the floor. Th thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, the member also knows that um, uh, over $4 million has gone. The the, the, Honourable Speaker, the members, uh, member also knows that over $4 million has gone directly in grants to businesses, so directly to businesses to support them through the pandemic. Uh, the new uh, orders that have come in place uh, continue to allow business to operate in safe ways. There's some limits on what time the alcohol can be served, 10 p.m., but businesses can continue to operate, and we're going to continue to monitor the challenges they face over time. Member for Peace River North has supplemental. Well, yeah, the, the question was what is open right now for supports to businesses. And unfortunately, I think maybe the Premier's, uh, Premier's been paying a little too much scrabble on his telephone to actually understand what is going on in the North. But I'll enlighten the Premier as well as the Minister. The Circuit Breaker Grant closed June 4th. Yeah. The Small Business Recovery Grant closed July 2nd. The launch online grant ended September 30th. Now the new circuit breaker measures in Northern Health are in place and businesses are desperate. They need help now. Will the Premier bring in a new round of supports to support Northern businesses? Yes or no? Minister of Jobs and Economic Recovery. Honourable Speaker, we have provided the highest per capita supports. <laughs> Members, order. Order, please. Members. Minister will continue. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. We have provided the highest per capita support for people and businesses in all of the country. That's why BC is positioned in the strongest position for a strong economic recovery. We're very proud of the supports. There is a digital boot camp available still for businesses because we know lots of businesses. Members. Members, you are losing a very precious time in the question period. Uh, Mr. Take a seat. Any further comments? Minister will continue. Speaker, the member mentions connectivity uh, in government for 16 years. No time in history. No time in history. Members, order. What part of the order you don't understand? Please, Minister will continue. Thank you, uh, Speaker. No time in history have we seen the type of investment we're making in connectivity in this province of British Columbia, Honourable Speaker. members represent uh, communities where they now claim they don't have connectivity. They were governed for 16 years. Where was the investment to connect the community?
So rest assured our members uh, from northern communities, we will make those investments. We will bring connectivity to your communities. Member for Camelus North Thompson. South Thompson. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the member for Peace River North uh, asked a serious question, and his constituents expect a serious answer. Businesses across northern British Columbia are hanging by a thread, not sure if they can meet payroll, not sure if they can keep their lights on, in large part because of the latest circuit breaker health measures which apply in northern health. Mr. Speaker, when asked about supports for businesses uh, in BC's north, the Premier said last week um, that his minister would, quote, observe activities in the region, end quote. Well, Mr. Speaker, if the jobs minister was actually doing his job, he would be hearing the same stories that we are. And I will quote uh, one of those stories. Uh, it will only be a matter of time before a business like ours closes its doors due to bankruptcy or business ownership exhaustion, end quote. Mr. Speaker, that's a local small business in Fort St. John. It's a business owner that has never previously had to lay off a single person, but is now faced with having to do exactly that for the third time during the pandemic. So the question uh, to the Premier is this, when will the Premier step up and provide the supports, the circuit breaker supports that businesses across uh, British Columbia's north so desperately need today? Minister of Jobs and Economic Recovery. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Uh, the Premier has made clear from the beginning of this pandemic that a healthy BC and a healthy economy go hand in hand. We know the best thing we can do for communities throughout this province is to ensure that we increase the vaccination rates so that we can control the pandemic, so we can have our businesses continue to operate in a safe way. Honourable Speaker, we have provided the highest per capita supports for people and businesses in all of Canada. We have uh, waived PST for new equipment and machinery so businesses have that support. Uh, we We've reduced uh, liquor pricing by 20%, which is something the industry has been calling for for well over 16 years. Uh, we made that change, and we know that's making a major difference for businesses. The $4 million just in that community alone that we've injected has made a massive difference to businesses. We know because we've been hearing from them as well. We're going to continue to work with our partners to support businesses uh, that are being challenged. But right now, businesses can remain open. They can continue to operate. There are some limits on when liquor can be served. But that's the only limit we have in place, and we hope that the vaccination rates increase so that we can see businesses open up again. Member for Campbell, South Thompson, supplemental. Mr. Speaker, businesses across BC's north are hanging by a thread. They're not sure that they're going to make it. This is not a time for this minister and this government to do another victory lap. They, the businesses in the north need support, and they need it now. Two-thirds two -thirds of the supports that the minister brags about uh, were in the form of, uh, of debt and ta deferred taxes that these businesses have already had to pay back. Mr. Speaker, the minister's own data shows that BC has provided the least amount of direct supports, the least amount of direct supports, direct cash in pocket for businesses of any major province in this country. And all of those grant programs, as the member from Peace River North mentioned earlier, all of them have ended. None of them are open. None of them are accepting applications uh, for, for additional uh, supports that are needed. Another Peace Region business owner said this, and I quote, business-wise, we are getting killed right now in every area possible. It's daily to watch the bank accounts depleting. It's going to get tighter, too, with these new restrictions in the North, end quote. Mr. Speaker, 
like Premier, like wannabe Premier. It's all talk and no action. The question, the question for the Premier, the question for the Premier is this: Will the Premier actually keep his promise? Will he keep the promise that he made to Northerners last week and direct this minister to flow supports to those businesses who desperately need the help? Minister of Jobs and Economic Recovery. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And again, the number one thing we can do as British Columbians to support our business community is by getting vaccinated. We know that. We know that. We, we know that that is the number one thing we can do, and so we continue to urge people to get vaccinated. Right now, there are some restrictions on what time liquor must be uh, stopped to be served. We know that adds some pressure to communities, but most businesses can continue to operate in, in a safe way. Honourable Speaker, uh, the member is incorrect. Uh, when he states the facts uh, that he is using, because we have provided the highest per capita support for people and businesses. Honourable Speaker. The, the original budget the original budget for direct supports direct supports for businesses was 300 million dollars honorable speaker we have spent 529 million dollars going directly in the pockets of businesses we hear from them every day if the member has a couple of the businesses that he wants to highlight he can share them with me because he has in the past and we've done our best to support them member for Abbotsford south Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Over the course of a year, we asked for the records of text messages by political staff, but all we got back were no records found. Here's some of his staff's excuses, and I quote, all messages sent by the minister's senior ministerial assistant were transitory in nature and deleted. The senior ministerial assistant does not keep or use notebooks. All records, if they existed, were deleted as transitory. No records were located in response to your request. The, minister, the ministry did not locate records because the ministerial assistant did not use any messaging applications." End quote. That's simply not believable. It isn't. Question to the Premier. Does the Premier really believe that his political staff don't use any messaging applications at all? Minister of Citizen Services. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And I'm just, I'm just struggling with the temerity of the question, considering the members opposite had a minister who refused to even use email to report. Order, <laughs> members. Okay. And, and, and I, I very much appreciate the member from Abbotsford, uh, Thespian Ways, and his master class in, in, in question period and in committee uh, and second readings. So I'll be looking forward to that, uh, that continued action. Uh, but, uh, uh, Honourable Speaker, we do follow the advice of public servants when it comes to uh, um, 
record keeping. Uh, all our political staff have gone through FOI training. We know that non-transitory records uh, are not to be kept. Uh, they just um, non-transit. Transitory records, I apologize, uh, uh, Speaker. That transitory records are not to be kept and non-transitory records being kept are recorded in the appropriate systems. Uh, I can let you know, Honourable Speaker, I don't make decisions via text. I make sure that it's done over email. Uh, which is the appropriate way um, to record uh, um, uh, uh, decisions in this case. Uh, so in many uh, cases, uh, it may not be uh, a text account, it may be an email account, it may be a document, uh, signed document by the minister. That works out to about 5 billion pages a year, uh, which actually, this is a great fact for all members, if you lined it up, uh, would be three times the distance to the moon. And so we need to make sure that we're keeping our records in the appropriate manner. Thank you. House Leader of the Official Opposition. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, it's been a, a quite a bad week to watch the complete disdain and contempt and downright arrogance exhibited by. Exhibited by this Premier on a wide range of issues, Mr. Speaker. All week we've been asking direct questions to the Premier directly about his words, about the Premier's actions, and about the Premier's commitments that he has made and continually breaks. But the Premier, despite 36 direct questions to him this week about his words, actions and commitments, has decided it's appropriate to not provide the public any answers whatsoever. Zero. He has not answered one question this week, Mr. Speaker, about any of his words, actions or commitments. We know that through FOI and in the months leading up to the SNAP election, the Premier's office conducted taxpayer-funded daily tracking, daily polling paid for by the taxpayers as this government was figuring out what their election platform was going to be. When asked about the polling on June 16th, during estimates debate, the Premier said, and I quote, we're happy to release the information where it was garnered and what the content of the questions was, end quote. Again, the Premier's words, the Premier's commitments. But four and a half late months later, Zero. still hasn't kept his promise. We still can't get that information. The Premier certainly doesn't want to answer any questions about it. These were taxpayer-funded opinion polls developing a platform for the government. And again, the Premier said, I'm not aware of any restrictions in releasing that information. I'm happy to get back to the member with the release of that information." End quote. So again, the opposition sent a letter on June 22nd. We have not had a response to the Premier. When is the Premier going to stand up in this House, answer this question, but at a minimum ask one of the now 37 questions that have been directly directed at him this week with complete silence? Thank you. Government House Leader. Thank you, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the uh, the question uh, uh, from the uh, from the member opposite. Um, as uh, members will know, uh, the Premier is the head of the Executive Council, and the Executive Council consists of cabinet ministers who have responsibilities 
for their uh, distinct and different portfolios assigned to them by the, by the Premier. Uh, the Premier uh, is more than able to answer questions, but one thing about this Premier is that he expects each of us as ministers to be responsible for our file and answer our questions. And And it, uh, Members, question was asked, now is the time for answer. And, uh, and the Premier will answer questions, as, as will every responsible Cabinet Minister. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. The bell ends the question period.